Welcome to the Knock Knock Who's There podcast, the official voice of the Knock Academy. At the Knock Academy, we help busy parents and professionals like you move more and feel great via online group and one-on-one coaching. And this podcast will do the same. Each week on the show, your hosts, Gareth and Nikki Knock, will be talking to Knock Academy members about their fitness successes and struggles. We will also feature health and fitness experts sharing useful information and tips to help you achieve your goals. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's show. Gareth here, and on the eve of Halloween, I'm bringing you the top 10 scary fitness and nutrition myths. These are things that are still going around in the industry. Uh, you still hear about them all the time, you know, popping up on social media, in, mag- in magazines, and I want to clear it up once and for all. So kicking off my list of scary fitness and nutrition myths. Number one, you can spot reduce body fat. Okay, so this is your first myth. When training a certain muscle group, it does not reduce body fat in that specific area. Balanced physical activity and nutrition will reduce body fat. And that's the the key. And, And you'll hear this on a few other myths as well today. You've got to approach it from both your nutrition and from your physical activity. When you train a muscle specifically and you you know work on the muscle, let's say a sit-up um, type exercise, that sit-up will train and strengthen the muscles of the abdominals, but it is not going to help you reduce the body fat around your waistline or change the shape or narrow your waist. Okay, It's going to make those muscles stronger. It could potentially, depending on the muscle and the type of training, might make the muscles bigger, um, but it will definitely not reduce fat in that area. Okay, myth number two. Eating after 6 p.m. will make you gain weight. The time you eat is not the reason you gain weight. It's the amount of energy you consume versus the amount of energy you use on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. So that's going to determine weight gain or weight loss. Okay, The choices you typically make after 6 p.m. are definitely a factor, though. Okay, So when we talk about that after six and the reason why this is a myth and it's banded around as it working is because when you stop eating after six o'clock you typically see that number one you're reducing the window of time that you are able to eat so that in turn means you consume less energy but also after 6 p.m think about those choices you're making you're having maybe a slightly bigger meal you're sitting down you're a lot slower your body's kind of resting and calming down maybe you're putting the tv on or you're doing something social and typically the choices you make are not as good as maybe in the daytime so we tend to overeat a little bit more we tend to have more things you might be snacking while you're watching tv at night so typically the choices we make are not as good hence why we tend to see weight gain at that time but if we're making sensible choices your metabolism doesn't really know the time it's just going to deal with the calories you put in and you know versus what you use all right myth number three muscle turns to fat when you stop working out Okay, this is one that's been out and around for ages, and I still hear this, and I get this asked all the time. And muscle and fat are two very different things. Okay? One cannot be converted into the other. However, when you stop working out, your muscle mass does decrease. Okay? You stop working those muscles or you stop doing that specific type of training, your muscle mass will decrease. And in turn, your metabolism or the rate at which you use energy for, for you know, everything in your body, that reduces. 
day when your metabolism slows down and you don't necessarily adjust your nutrition, you're then going to see fat or weight gain. So this is what's happening. It's not one turning into the other. It's simply you switching the overall composition of your body so it's less muscle, more fat, meaning you're not using as many calories on a daily basis, and that's going to eventually cause weight or fat gain. All right, number four, strength training makes you bulky. Again, another one that goes around a lot in many different forms of media and is you know spoken about, and I get asked questions about this all the time. So here's the truth. When you strength train, your muscles will get stronger. Okay, The rate and the amount you increase muscle mass varies from person to person. Okay, So yes, you can gain muscle, absolutely. And yes, you're going to get stronger depending on where on the body and the type of person you are. That will obviously vary. However, in most cases, even though you're building muscle and you're getting stronger, you would have to train very, very hard and you would have to be very, very precise with the amount of protein and the amount of food that you were eating to gain a lot of mass. Okay, nobody got bulky by accident. This is going to take a very specific training program, you know, covering all those different fundamental areas. You think of it like a race car, okay, race car driver. So, you know, not lifting weights because you're worried you're going to get bulky is like not driving your car because you're worried you're going to be a, become a racing car driver. It's not going to happen by accident. Okay, it's going to take a lot of commitment. Uh, you know, you have to work very, very hard at it, just like you would if you wanted to get bulkier or build a lot of lean muscle mass. All right, number five. The more you sweat, the better the workout stroke, the more calories you'll burn. Okay. Sweating is simply a response by your body to cool you down. It is not an indicator of how hard you are working, nor is it a good way to affect the amount of calories you burn. So getting hotter and sweating more is not going to burn more calories. Okay. Again, it's just simply you cooling yourself down. Some people are very efficient at this. Some people are not as efficient. This might affect how quickly you start sweating, how much you sweat, and maybe even how much you sweat after your workout too. Okay. So yeah, definitely doesn't make a difference. And this can be proven pretty easily. If you worked out in a sauna, you'd sweat a lot more, but it wouldn't make any difference to the overall amount of energy that you used. All right. Number six, carbohydrates make you gain weight. How carbs are bad. This is something we hear all the time as well in the industry. Again, I'll repeat what I've said before. The overall number of calories you consume versus the number that you expend will dictate weight loss or weight gain. Okay. That is science proven time and time again. Are there other factors? Yes. There's lots of nuance inside that depending on the person and the circumstance. However, that is really the, the most important part and it will supersede pretty much everything else when it comes to your weight loss and weight gain. The reason that carbohydrates get such a bad name is due to a lot of the sources of carbohydrates being easy to overeat. They tend to be very hyper palatable. Okay. So this just means that they're delicious. They taste nice. You want to eat more of them. Okay. They also, like I said, are very easy to overeat. They typically don't demand a lot of chewing um, and they're kind of quick to eat. So think like you're, you know, let, let's take like a bowl of pasta. Uh, let's take potato chips, right? They're really, really high in carbs. Are either of those things bad? No, not at all. These things have place in, you know, a, a regular nutritious diet. However, they are hyper palatable. You'll eat a lot of them. You can tend to overeat them, meaning that we just end up eating more of them. It's not the carbs that are making people gain weight. What it is, is the ability to overeat these things is just putting the amount of calories you eat above what you need. Okay. And to help you understand that, just imagine trying to overeat plain chicken breast. Like nobody ever 
over a plain chicken breast. Okay, it's always going to be something, like I said, that's highly palatable. It's something that's a lot easier for you to break down, to chew, and to then um, swallow and obviously fill up your body with. So number seven, light weights and high reps are for toning. This is something you, again, would have no doubt heard before. So let's break it down first of all. Tone, the definition of tone is really just the ratio of muscle versus fat. Okay. So if you have more muscle and less fat, you make the muscle more visible. Okay. Um, if you have higher body fat, even if you have the same amount of muscle, higher body fat will then cover the muscle you have. So being toned is simply having a different ratio of muscle to fat in your body. Okay. That can be achieved by strength training and also obviously dialing in your nutrition to keep an eye on your body fat levels. Um, and, and obviously general daily activity affects that too. When you look at strength training, multiple rep ranges, multiple set ranges, depending on your goal, will all have benefit to making you stronger, help you build, you know, dense, strong muscle in your body. Okay. Sometimes, you know, it, it, yes, the sets and reps do make a difference to some degree. You know, generally the lower reps, higher weight is going to be more strength training. And then moving up, that is going to be more hypertrophy or muscle building. However, all rep ranges and all um, kind of weights, if you like, are going to make a difference across that whole spectrum of strength training okay so definitely there's not one that's going to be toning it doesn't need to be high reps and light weights to get that definition all right number eight foods are either good or bad stroke they are off limits or removed from your diet so number one food absolutely has no moral value okay and there's lots of complications with putting a moral value on your food however Here's something that will really help rather than thinking of food as good or bad. It is simply more nutritious or less nutritious based on many factors. Okay. Food that lands in the more nutritious end of the scale should be eaten more often and vice versa. So food on the less nutritious end of the scale should be eaten less often. And, you know, just think of this as, you know, when maybe we go on the, the more nutritious end of the scale is going to be things like, you know, your lean cuts of meat and your vegetables and your fruits and your, you know, your, your whole grains, things that are generally whole food, less processing, um, and, you know, less things added to them. Okay. And then your less nutritious is going to be your overly processed things. So, you know, think something that's overly processed might be a, you know, a ready based meal. It might be, uh, candy it could be uh, a cookie uh, anything like this and again this is just they're just a less nutritious they're not good they're not bad just have less nutritious there we have a few less nutritious things followed up with a few more nutritious things when food is labeled good or bad we tend to think of ourselves in the same light and that can create a worse relationship with food and with ourselves we tend to think of ourselves as good or bad of eating them this tends to lead to overeating these things binging on these things or over restricting these things which again just creates that you know a relationship with food that's not ideal for our health and well-being okay number nine there is no uh, sorry there is good posture and bad posture okay so posture is fluid your body is capable of being in many different positions and alignments and being in the same position for an extended period of time is where the issues arise. So standing in a static position all day long is going to be just as problematic as being in a seated position all day long. Your body craves movement and 
rapidly changing positions so rather than thinking of it as good and bad maybe just like the the food one there is just think of it as fluid you don't want to be stuck so if you're somewhere and you've been there a long period of time and you know that you know it's feeling uncomfortable being in that same position whether that's seated whether that's standing whether that's in a, just an odd position maybe that you have in your daily everyday life think about moving in and out of that posture as regular as possible and that's going to make a lot more impact than just trying to be maybe not seated or not in a certain position with your body. Because like I said, your body is fluid and you know it's able to move into many different positions and is very useful for that reason. Okay, number 10. So this wraps up the scary fitness and nutrition myths. You need to do a cleanse to detox your body. Okay, so again, this is still out and about there all over the place. And, and, I, and I kind of understand where the ideas come from here that we want to make sure, you know, our body's right. And sometimes we like a bit of a reset on things. However, it's not a, a laptop that you need to do a reset on or a cell phone. Okay. Your body is constantly in a state of cleansing via your organs. For example, your kidneys and your liver. And there's a few others involved in that process too. So your body is always cleansing itself. It's always kind of detoxing yourself just as you go around through everyday life. If you maintain a balanced and nutrient-rich diet, including, you know, staying hydrated, eating, you know, whole natural foods as often as possible, going back to number eight, eating things on the more nutritious end of the scale, then you will support this natural process. You will be cleansing your body or detoxing your body just through natural processes that happen on an everyday basis. If your body is truly not kind of cleansing and detoxing itself through your organs, that is a sign to go see your healthcare provider because those should be doing that job for you and you shouldn't need additional things to, to help with that. So that is your 10 scary fitness and nutrition myths hopefully that was helpful um you know i'm passionate about people you know getting correct information and, and utilizing that information to be more successful in their health and fitness so if you've got any myths or you've got any questions please feel free to reach out to us and uh, we'd be happy to break those down on a future episode or you know, answer some of those questions via social media so don't forget to check us out the uh, all the links for our social media is in the show notes so you can find us wherever wherever you prefer to consume that stuff and uh Obviously, thanks for listening and tuning in. We really appreciate it. And check out November's episode. So we have, throughout November, we're doing a bit of a takeover on the show. We will be featuring lots of incredible guests talking about men's mental health. So it is a November takeover in support of November and men's mental health. So I'm excited to bring some of those episodes to you. In the meantime, enjoy previous episodes go back through the catalog find some things you love and please share these episodes with people you love and you care about so we can just continue to get you know important messages out to as many people as possible that's it for today's show i'll catch you next week thank you so much for tuning in and remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode if you enjoyed the show share it with at least one person and please consider leaving us a five-star review on apple it really helps us reach more people Come join our community by heading over to our website or finding us on social media. All links are in the show notes. And remember, the world of fitness is 10% facts and 90% opinion. <laughs>